There's an enormous amount of established retail. It's it's very, very, very good value. It's tremendous value. In fact, it's some of the best value at the moment. Like a two bedroom, two bathroom, there's 630. Hello, everybody. This is Dominic Neshi, and welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Podcast. Today, we have Simon Hollows, the director of CBRE Residential Sales. Simon uh, has been doing this for a very long time. I've watched him personally do presentations on the market, where it's going. And he's a gentleman I like to catch up for a coffee every now and then just to find out what's actually happening in the Sydney market. So, Simon, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Dom. Simon, uh, you've been doing this a while now. Is there something about this market that feels a little different to other markets that, that we've been working in before? Yeah, look, I've, I've been doing this for, you know, the better part of 11 years. Um, you know, seen it come and go. Obviously, um, it was it was a very different market, 15, 16. Um, this, this market presents its challenges, but it also, um, I, f- I feel like, you know, we're sort of not history repeating itself. We're making history. Um, you know, this time around, you know, we've got um, ideally, we, you know, we're going to see some good population growth once migration comes back and that sort of thing. There's a lot of infrastructure projects that are improving planning around certain suburbs and accessibility and, and ways to get around Sydney. So I think we're making history. Obviously, you know, the global pandemic and what's happened with COVID two years in a row now isn't isn't sort of supporting that. But uh, you know, where one door, some doors close, another door opens, you know. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it all bounces back. Um, and I'm confident that it will come back. Um, it'll come back stronger than ever and it'll be fierce. And, and you know, like I said, I think we'll make history. So on COVID, because obviously that's the tip of everybody's tongue, how how have you how has it impacted you your team uh are you seeing a, a lot of demand or has it come off quite a lot what's been your experiences of covid and people sort of people out there that are buying um look it's it's a combination of things we've seen a very strong demand obviously the we can see the housing market has been extremely resilient and there's there's a huge demand on the back of things like low interest rates Obviously, a lot of people have in, in, been impacted by by what's happened. Um, you know, their business or their their sort of main source of income has been impacted, and we obviously have to sympathise with that. Um, but a lot of people are sort of um, in a in a position where they can spend more on a property, whether they're selling um, something and, and taking advantage of the increase in prices and having surplus funds to buy something bigger or or in a different suburb that's superior than what they came out of. Downsizers, obviously, capitalising on the market. Um, you know, and, and first-home buyers taking advantage of government incentives and low interest rates has been a big a big driving force um, behind the first-home buyer demand. So um, there's certainly been some some activity that a lot of people, I'll say, probably didn't anticipate um, on the back of what happened last year with the lockdowns and that sort of thing. Um, and, and the market's proven itself to be extremely resilient. You know, last year they announced, you know, the global pandemic and a recession at the same time and the, the Sydney Sydney property markets withstood the test of time. So um, certainly a lot of people are seeing the results of that and then sort of jumping in the market and, and that's where the demand's coming from. So with that in mind, you know, people stepping into the market, you know, have got all the government grants, record low interest rates, um, people downsizing, jumping houses, moving about quite a lot. 
and there has been strong demand. Um, how have developers responded to it? How are the different sites responding? Are you seeing price increases? Are some developers more scared and, and dropping prices, trying to accelerate sales? What's the sentiment from the vendor side of things? Um, look, it depends. I mean, you, you've got um, projects that are in very strong areas of, of transportation and strong amenity with high quality, um, I'll say, finish and workmanship are still achieving uh, strong price, you know, strong price results. So, um, you know, that's the, particularly in the in the luxury and, and um, high, higher end space. Um, you know, around the Sydney CBD, you know, recently we launched the, the Sirius building in, at the Rocks. Um, you know, it was a tremendous result there of about 400 million in, in, in the first open weekend or the VIP launch weekend. Um, you know, and that just shows there's a very strong demand for people to be in, as I say, um, premium locations with, with obviously um, trophy views and that sort of thing. So that sector is performing extremely well. Um, other other sectors where you know there's uh, say a saturation of apartments or, or a lot of competition, um, you know there's had to be a, a bit more of a um, buyer incentive to to entice people to buy there. So um, you know it's it's a mixed bag just depending on on what the project is. I think um, you know apartment buildings that are in towers and and as, as I say to you saturated locations um, are feeling the competition a little bit. It's quite fierce. So, you know, buyers have a luxury of choice, um, but projects, as I say, in good locations with strong amenity, strong transportation links are performing quite well. So if I read between the lines, you know, I, I'm mindful of what performs well. You know, that the what you would like to do in some instances is just jump on the bandwagon, follow the growth. But then there are other investors that will pay attention to what isn't performing as well. Do you see some of these locations that have a bit of an apartment saturation or these, these sort of infill sites or greenfield sites where there is quite a lot of supply or they haven't gotten as much attention as the other parts of the market? Do you see them as opportunities for, uh, for the immediate future? Um, it's something that you've got to sort of um, try and no one has a crystal ball, but um, use educated, I'll say, um, guessing as to what's what's going on. So, for example, you know, you've got places like Rouse Hill, Talawong, which um, people don't traditionally sort of, you know, think about as a, as a primary purchase, but you're looking at a suburb that's got an enormous amount of infrastructure coming up. There's an enormous amount of money being invested in those locations. Um, there is, you know, established housing and, and ongoing projects there, but I don't think it's anywhere near its full capacity. So when you take a, a suburb that's that's sort of just starting to bloom and flourish, and 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 you buy in there early, then you're going to benefit enormously on the tail end of of that those areas being established because that's where you know the fiercest demand comes in is when everything's sort of fully established and running and operating. And so buying in early in those sort of suburbs, I think, is key for people to um, take advantage of significant uplift in their property. Whereas if you come in on the tail end and you're competing with the broader market and there's a saturation and it's bursting out the seams, I think you're sort of paying premium and, and already, um, I'll say, copying the, the uplift that's been there. So mm. there's certainly opportunity um, if you look for it in the right places. And there's, and there's you know, um, even other obvious precincts like anything around, for example, the Parramatta CBD. You know, we've seen um, suburbs in in, in 
you know, central Sydney or, or, or eastern Sydney where people used to go, I'd never live in Redfern or I'd never live in Marrickville or, or I'd never live in Newtown, you know, and these are extremely competitive and, and high, highly, you know, high demand suburbs. So you can't write anything off just based on a stigma or what your friends say. You've got to really think about, you know, the meat and potatoes of it, you know. So it's important to understand what what the reasonable foreseeable future is of those suburbs and and you know just dive in there because they you know, really it will it will pay the dividends that's I, I really like there's two things that i like in that one being a first mover in an emerging suburb it is good because people don't typically look you know three five ten years into the future so if you can look into the future, you can see that there's going to be some government infrastructure, some growth, a town center is going to evolve and start to mature. It is good to get in the grassroots. It's typically risky because you don't see anything and it might be your building or your house without with not many neighbors. But you're certainly right. Once the suburb starts to mature, there's a town center, the cafes, bars, the restaurants, your walking distance to a train state, that starts and energy comes and that's when the prices really start to grow and the owner occupiers will certainly cement themselves. And then there's those other markets where they hold a stigma. And I love seeing a stigma. I love seeing that this market has a stigma for one, two or three reasons, you know, whether it be there's social housing issues or there's, um, you know, some noise, something, some kind of issue. But then you know that in time, there's going to be shifts in the demographics, or you know that there is pent up demand coming to that market or there's a shelf to how much supply can come. So some markets say, hey, there's too many apartments in that market or too many houses, but they don't look that that's it. There's no more coming to that market because it's landlocked or whatever else. So with that, in, with that being said, uh, where you and I, we talk about this, that Sydney has been growing because of a lot of domestic demand, because of the incentives, because of low interest rates. And what we have been saying is that once the borders open up, there's going to be students, tourism, and migration. What markets do you think would benefit most from those three key drivers or from the country opening up again? Uh, look, it's a good question. I mean, you know, Australia is one of the most uh, desirable countries to be in the world, you know, and, and Sydney, um, I think, is at the forefront of that. So, um, you know, anywhere you've got the students are a huge driver of, of um, you know, demand and pent-up demand in property because they're here to study, but they're also here to stay. So, they're, they, you know, they want to establish themselves, um, you know, in, in the city and, and, and live and work here and they have their parents' support and that sort of thing um, coming from overseas. Some people are being sponsored to be here. Uh, but, the, you know, we have first-class education facilities. We have first-class um, you know, obviously, you know, suburbs, anywhere you go in the world, if you say you're from Australia, the first thing people say is, oh, Bondi Beach, Bondi Beach, you know. So, um, you know, it's it, and it makes you feel quite fortunate and humbled by it because, you you know, I'm, I live in Sydney and I have access to those places that people just dream about. So, you know, I think um, there'll be an enormous benefit once migration returns to its normal capacity. I mean, everybody has to remember we're, we're missing out on 180 to 200,000 people a year coming into the country. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot. And so if, if, if things are doing, you know, if things are performing the way they are now, then imagine, you know, 200,000 people um, coming into that pool. It's going to it's going to create a huge benefit. Um, so anywhere, you know, anywhere where there's good transport, good infrastructure, good lifestyle amenity, 
you know, I think is going to be very desirable. Um, and, and again, you know, in, in emerging suburbs, as you say, is, is key because, you know, an increase in demand, you know, you're talking about there's, there's a whole pent-up demand now. Imagine when migration comes back, that's what's going to be the, I'll say, the, 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 the conduit for, for enormous um, uplift. So, you know, these, you know, regentrification is, is a real thing and, and we're seeing these projects come to life. Like, I don't know if you have, I don't know if you've used the, um, I don't know if you've used the new uh, West Connects, but that's a that's an absolute game changer, mate. You go in that tunnel and then you come out the other end in five minutes, and you've skipped so much, and you think, wowza, like w- w- what a great piece of infrastructure. And that's not just, and that's not even open properly yet. That's one entry and one exit, you know. So when that opens up and it links the airport and links Western Sydney and it links all these suburbs together, it's huge. It's huge. And so, you know, all of those things are going to contribute to people wanting a desire, having a desire to live around these suburbs because of the connectivity and the lifestyle amenity and the options that they have. You know, you can go to your grocer or your prominent retailers. You can go out and get hot food at night and coffee. Obviously not now, you know, it's, um, but yeah. it, you know, things will return, you know, things will come back to normal. I mean, last year we saw, you know, that typical V-shaped, um, you know, change in trend where things declined because of COVID and as soon as they lifted the restrictions, it just V-shaped back up again. So, you know, as I said earlier, it's a resilient city um, and with all these infrastructure projects and people starting to migrate back in, I think anywhere where there's good solid infrastructure, um, you know, good lifestyle choices, parks, schools, education, that's that's going to, that's going to perform uh, tremendously well. So, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you're almost a little coy there because you know, they're, they're, I, you don't want to necessarily spruik the sites that you're working on, but you, you work with hundreds of thousands of apartments, houses, townhouses, lots and lots of developers. You're, you're spread across Sydney. The CBRE network is, is very wide. Um, for the listeners and the people that are watching this, they're probably saying, yeah, all well and good to go buy something in Bondi, you know, or... Marrickville or Redfern because that makes sense. It's a no-brainer in many, many ways because they're landlocked and, and they're amazing suburbs now, but it's too expensive. What would you say to people that are looking for something that's more entry level? You know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh, the West Connects and you, you did mention, you know, key, key locations. Are there spots specifically that you think would be good locations or will have uh, demand into the future that are price sensitive. Yes, there are. There are. I'll give you. I'll give you two. I'll give you two um, examples that I'm. I'm quite passionate about. <clears throat> and you know, um, not to sound biased, but you know, again, this is something I'm quite passionate about because I've, I've seen it happen before. So you've got suburbs. If you go Greater Western Sydney, um, you've got suburbs like Rouse Hill, Talawong. You know. Um, Rouse Hill and Talawong are emerging suburbs. They're new, you know, there's paddocks out there and now they're sort of coming out of the ground. The metro line's being built there. And I, th- I think people have sort of it's taken a back seat a little bit, but these are trains that operate every five minutes. They'll take you straight into, you know, in the f- eventually they'll take you straight into the city. It's no joke. This is, this is real proper infrastructure. It's something that we've been lacking as a, as a, as a global city for quite some time. And, and this is brand new, you know. Um, it's got strong transport. It's got amazing um, infrastructure and amenity. It's got great schools. It's got its own sort of Rouse Hill shopping centre. 
Uh, it's got great retail amenity, great lifestyle choice amenity. And it's and people think, oh, Rouse Hill, geez, it's, it's a bit of a trek. It's, it's not anymore. It's, it's very easily accessible. Um, and those infrastructure and transport links are going to make it even more accessible. And the biggest benefit of, of places like Rouse Hill and Talawang is they're tremendously well-priced. You know, you can get a two-bedroom, two-bathroom there with parking if you're a young couple or growing family, a first-home buyer, you know, for, for you know, under 700000 um, great finishes, great, as, as I say, great accessibility to, to amenity and the like. Um, so, you know, it's something that if you're a first-home buyer or, or a first-time buyer or, or a limited budget buyer and you're going, I want to live in Surrey Hills, then you've got to, you've got to swallow the realistic pill and, and say, okay, what can I get? And then as you buy into these emerging suburbs and benefit from the uplift in those suburbs is when you're going to be able to be selective and be choosy. You know, because you're, you know, <clears throat> you're getting that uplift where later later down the track will give you bigger cho- bigger bigger choices. I won't say better because you know these suburbs are better than other suburbs in their own right in some aspects. Um, the second example is places you know that are in main main on the on the fringe of main hubs. Uh, you know, we're we're selling um, an apartment building in Auburn called Auburn Square. You know, this is a suburb that's so underrated. It's such a hidden gem. You're talking about um, 30,000, I think it's 30,000 population there with um, 50% or 48% of those are tenants. So there's an enormous amount of rental demand. So if you're an investor or a first-time investor going, I've got a 20, 30% deposit saved for something on 600,000, you can get a two-bedroom there and it, and it yields about 4%. And that, that's hard to find. A 4% yielding property in Sydney is hard to find. Um, it's got an anticipated population growth of 39% by 2036. 39% though. That's that's Cute. that's more than Granville and Maryland combined. That's one suburb. Um, Cumberland Council has been, you know, awarded an enormous amount of money to continue the infrastructure that's happening around there. And people turn around and say, oh, but it's Auburn. But you know, have you looked at have you thought about the benefits there? There's an enormous amount of established retail. It's it's very, very, very good value. It's tremendous value. In fact, it's some of the best value at the moment. Like a two-bedroom, two bathroom there, 630. 30,000, 630,000, you're two stops to Parramatta CBD and you're 40 minutes from the C, from the Sydney CBD. You can't, where are you going to get that? So, it, you know, I think, as I say, point. people got to swallow the realistic Yeah, people got to swallow the realistic can pill and go, okay, what's this bang for my buck? Can I ask the question? Because, you know, I, I think, I actually do think that that's a lot of good, that's good value. What, Auburn's less than 20 k from Sydney CBD roughly? Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's right. In that's, fact, it's closer to the Sydney CBD than Parramatta is. So it's 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 you know less than twenty k's. You're buying your two bedroom for less than six fifty. I think that's good value. My only question that I would ask, and I can imagine a lot of people watching this, is what about supply? You know, when you drive into these areas, have you got any concerns about the size of the developments or the amount of supply in those markets? I mean, you pointed to the fact that there's a hell of a lot of demand, but is there anything else that we can talk about there? Yeah, look, I think, you know, there's an enormous amount of supply in, in Parramatta CBD, but there's also an enormous amount of demand where government, um, you know, government bodies have now moved out there and there's a, an enormous uplift in, in, in workforce out there. But Parramatta is very expensive. You're talking about Auburn being 25 to up to 30% cheaper than buying in the Parramatta CBD. So what's going to happen is naturally people are priced out of locations like Parramatta 
um, like Westmead, where there's a strong sort of medical precinct and that sort of thing, and Northmead and and the like, and start to naturally migrate, uh, you know, towards, um, you know, and gravitate towards suburbs like Auburn. And so that's where the uplift is. So a suburb like Auburn is actually lacking in supply because eventually people are going to be priced out of these suburbs and have to go somewhere close by because there's, you know, an increased demand. There's where they work or they affiliate strongly with that area. Um, you know, and the proof is in the pudding. Like Northmead is now one of the suburbs in Western Sydney where the housing, you know, houses have reached, um, you know, just under a million dollars. That's, you know, that that's pretty heavy duty, you know, that's, a million dollars for a house in Northmead, no one would have thunk it. But if yeah. you bought in Northmead, say, you know, six to eight months ago and went, oh, I'll give it a crack, happy days. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny. So, Be, being in the industry as long as we have, you have to accept that you're going to be surprised and you have to accept that you don't know it all. As an investor, you have to right. just go, wow, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. But then when you point the dots going backwards, you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. So Talawong, uh, Auburn, two great suburbs we pay attention to. Uh, Talawong, because it's a new urban area, you've got the light, you've got the um, the Metro uh, West that's out that way, um, or Metro Northwest. And then you've got Auburn because you've got, it's less than 20Ks from the CBD, it's price sensitive, and you've really got a lot of that sprawling growth coming from both the city, but mostly from Parramatta, Westmead, and the tremendous amount of infrastructure that's going into that catchment area. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there's, it's it's extremely, you know, innovative. If you haven't, and this is probably more so for your listeners, if you haven't been to Parramatta recently, I strongly recommend, you know, if you're not going 10Ks further than your suburb at the moment or your LGA, I strongly recommend going there and just just driving around the streets and you will be amazed at the innovation, the infrastructure there, Parramatta Square, there's a vertical university now, like, you know, the vertical building university. Now, these are things that are, uh, you know, we're, we're reinventing the way we do things and, and these suburbs are, I'll say, rife with opportunity to do that. It's the new way of doing things, you know, and it's so advanced, it's, it's tremendous. But once you see it, you'll appreciate it a lot more. I think that's an important point that I think there's a lot of, you know, desk jockeys. Everybody now has all the information at their fingertips. So it's tempting to do all of your research in front of your computer. But real estate is a network asset. It's a real physical, tangible thing. And if you're going to go buy real estate, you've got to jump in your car when you can. And you have to drive around. You've got to explore. You've got to get your hands dirty. And you've got to get a sense of how other people live because, you know, just because you live and you love your area, some people don't like your area. You've got to get a sense of how other people live and how the masses live because that's an indication of where the demand's coming from. Good point. Totally. And one thing my boss always says to me is go out there and burn some shoe leather. So always says it to me, go out there and burn some shoe. You have to burn your shoe leather, you know, go out there and yeah. hit the pavement, get on the beat and have a coffee in the area and have a chat to people. And, and you'll learn a lot in a very short amount of time. You'll learn a lot. So, so Simon, I want to say thank you for, for everything that you've said so far. You've given us some really got good tips. We've got to talk a lot about Sydney market and different areas, but have you got one last tip for our listeners that are out there? So, What's your one big tip for all of our investors that are watching and listening if they're going to go out and buy some real estate in the next, you know, three to six months? Um, a couple of things. 
don't necessarily go with the grain. Don't be afraid to go against the grain a little bit. You know, um, if you just have have a broader think about things and don't listen to the neighbor or the mechanic or whoever tells you, oh, mate, don't do that. You know, this, this is what I heard or this is what I read. Um, don't, you know, <clears throat> don't absorb too much of what you read and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, take 10% or, or something to that effect. I don't know if you remember in 2018, I think it was, or 19, there was a segment on 60 Minutes called Bricks and Slaughter. And it was a segment about some expert economist, and I hope he watches this, where he said, you know, property prices in Sydney are going to drop by 50%. And yeah. that would mean you could buy Harbour Bridge views that used to be $3 million in, I don't know, Neutral Bay for one and a half million bucks. You know, and look where we are now. I mean, last quarter we had an 8.2% increase in our you know in, in in housing in sydney so don't don't be don't don't worry about the scare tactics or or you know the doomsday that you hear you know um on in the media go out there make an educated sort of um i'll say make educated uh educate yourself um on on facts and, and what's happening and, and potential growth and don't be afraid you know um Property is, is something that, you know, you, people make real money when they play with property and, and, you know, it's proven itself to be extremely resilient and I think it's still got a very, very long way to go. Um, you know, if you compare Sydney to, to other capital cities in the world, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're still sort of way behind the eight ball. So we've still got a long way to go. Don't be afraid, you know, your, your money's always going to be in that property and, you know, just um, go out there and compete, have a crack. I really, really like that last, but that that last point because not enough people really think about how Sydney property prices or how how Australian property prices scale relative to the rest of the world. So people will say, "Hey, Sydney's expensive, Melbourne's expensive," compared to whatever yesterday, right? Compared to five years ago, ten years ago, but they don't have a look at how mm. Sydney scales as property prices relative to other global cities and they don't consider or think about how good a place we live in. So, you know, that that's a really, really important point. There's so much growth left in this market is because we live in a really good real estate market. The governments, you know, whether you lean one way or another, it's a stable political environment. We've got clean air, we've got great education, we've got good uh, food on our table, we've got some of the most beautiful scenery. There's a lot to love about this city and certainly this country. So Simon, yeah, mate, we're very say, fortunate to be here. So, so I, I want to say thank you again. I uh, appreciate all the feedback. Uh, it would be good to have you back on the show in, in the next couple of months just to see what the update is and, and what the word is on the street. Um, we'll, we'll catch you all later. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe, like, share it with all your friends, and I'll catch you all soon. Thanks, Dominic.